When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Ultimately, we still have a lot of work to do to get to where we need to go. This is the best thing that has happened to the Jets since they drafted Joe Namath. I know people are going to say that sounds like hyperbole. I don't believe it's hyperbole. You just added the one thing that is your problem. You fixed your Achilles heel. You got a quarterback. And frankly, if he gives you a better shot at the Super Bowl right now, you'd be asinine to not make this move. This is a perfect move for New York, and I don't think it could have overpaid for it. Did I just hear him say that this is the best thing to happen since to the Jets since they drafted Joe Namath? That was a long time ago. Yeah. It, it, Come on now. Slow down. A little bit I of make sure, there. A little I want to make sure, Greeny, they make the playoffs before we start saying it's the best thing since Joe Namath. Slow down. But Greeny bringing it hot. It's Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio. Matt Jones, Chad Brown, presented by Progressive Insurance. He is going, Aaron Rodgers, from Green Bay to New York, which will definitely be a change in team, but also a change in lifestyle. It's also the draft the day before, and Chad and I were talking about getting drafted. So I, I just thought of this, and I want to open this up to the phones. All you folks driving around in in America, uh, you know, listening on your smart speaker or on the app or Sirius XM, 888-SAY-ESPN. In the four major sports, Chad, let's say you were good at every sport, baseball, basketball, football, and hockey. You're like – All true. Absolutely. You're you're the Deion Sanders but every sport and you don't run all your players off, okay? Okay. Uh Uh-huh. It's draft time in all four sports. What is the – you're happy you got drafted because you're like, this is exciting. But what is the one team in major sports you would be the saddest to be drafted by for whatever Ooh. reason? It can be where you have to live, the culture of the franchise, whatever you want. 888-SAY-ESPN. What is the one team – because, you know, Green Bay is a weird place to live but has a great history. What is the one team in major sports that you would be the saddest – if you actually went and got drafted by Chad, I have one. What is yours? Okay. Uh, wow. Part of me would say Cincinnati, but they've gotten better. Cincinnati used to charge guys for jocks. You got one Gatorade. Wait, 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 wait. Hang, hang, hang on just a second. You're talking about the Cincinnati Bengals? Cincinnati Bengals, yes. They used to tr- charge people for jocks? Yes, and you were given one towel for like the entire season. No, you stop. Giving, stop. You weren't I, given I, one towel. Come on I had now. college teammates who left the Colorado Buffaloes and went and played in Cincinnati, and we would get together in the offseason, and they would tell me these horror stories. Then, so you're telling me the Cincinnati Bengals, if I got drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals, let's say I was – who was a Bengal in your era that was drafted around you? Give me a name of somebody. Uh, yeah. Akili Smith. Akili Smith, okay, in Tim Couch's class. I would get there, and they would, like, hand me – one, they would charge me for a jock strap, and they would hand me one Best Western towel and say, "This is all you get." The first jock, I believe, was free, but any additional <laughs> jocks that wore out at a uh, too soon of a time, you were charged for those. I'm just telling you what 
what my former college teammates told me. Wow. Marvin Lewis, my linebacker coach in Pittsburgh, went on to become the longtime coach in Cincinnati Bengals. And he and I would talk every once in a while, and he would say, it took a lot of work to get that organization up to professional sports standards. I can't now, believe they would hand you only one jock. I mean, in my high school, I remember we got two jocks home and away, and the Bengals didn't even get that. Yeah, well, apparently your high school had a lot of money or something. <laughs> no, they did not. Okay, so let me give you mine. You, you're okay. saying the Bengals, uh, or Bengals back then. What about now, though? I mean, now is it up to date at all? Would you uh, have? Gosh, I mean, this just there's so many to choose from. Maybe the Minnesota Timberwolves. Minnesota. Oh, okay. Incredibly cold. It's cold. No, there's not a lot of track record of success there. Okay. Um, it's a small market, not many opportunities to I like that. become a national star there, if I'm thinking about it from that perspective. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. Just yeah, I'd love to hear yours. All right, 888-SAY-ESPN. Actually, mine, someone has already put it up there. So I want to get their opinion, and then I'll add to it. Let's go to Ryan in Alabama, the worst place you could be drafted in one of the major sports. It's got to be the Utah Jazz. What are you going to do? There? Go thrift store shopping. <laughs> Salt Lake thrift City's store beautiful. shopping. Salt Lake yeah, City's but Salt, okay. So first of all, right? Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate the call. He's exactly right. Ryan in Alabama wins the correct award. First of all, if you are drafted in Utah, you say it's beautiful, but after like a week, everything gets old. You know what I mean? Like after like a week, there's only so much time. So many times you can look at those mountains and say they're pretty, right? Am I wrong? Uh, I'm, I'm a mountain guy. I live here in Colorado most of the year, so I enjoy the mountain views. I've got another team that I'll come but wait a minute, Before you, you leave the yours, Jazz, first of all, finish yours, please. Yes. I was in Salt Lake City one time, and the bars and restaurants closed at 9 o'clock on Sunday night because they said uh, Sunday night we just close at 9 o'clock. That's what we do. Also, if you're in the NBA, can you imagine having to find nightlife in Salt Lake City? I mean, listen, I've been to the Mormon Tabernacle Church. It's beautiful. But besides that, what am I going to do in Salt Lake City? Give me one thing to do, Chad. Give me something that I would do in Salt Lake City. Go to Applebee's? Oh, Charlie's? <laughs> Salt Lake City has a number of nightclubs and bars and all that. Oh, done, stop it. You, what I've kind done of University of Utah. I've, been, I've done University of Utah games um, recently. And, and but isn't that in Ogden? In, in Utah. Isn't that in Ogden? Uh, I know that's uh, well. That's not very far away from Salt Lake City. University of Utah is not very far away. Um, I've also took a trip, a recruiting trip to BYU. So uh, maybe it's just and my what familiar. Did you do? Wait, oh, what you went to BYU on a recruiting trip? Yes, I did. Well, I know you didn't have any fun on it because I know they have a policy about that. Well, sure. uh, I will. <laughs> My one of my high school teammates was already at BYU, and you know, as part of your recruiting trip, you you get want to have a couple of beers with the fellas. We had to go to like four or five different liquor stores before my high school teammate felt comfortable enough to go inside so and for pick me, up some beers. So you don't want to go to the Timberwolves. I don't want to go to the Jazz. Maurice is in Georgia. Where do you not want to go? I don't want to go to Toronto, man. I don't want to be in that cold and all that snow. But let me tell you something. Now I went to school in Utah. I went to school with David Archer back in 1981 at Snow College, Ephraim, Utah. And let me tell you, let me tell you that uh, uh, Salt Lake and Ogden, 
didn't have that much to do then. Exactly. Thank situation. you very much. There is nothing to do. Chad Brown's over here acting like in Ogden, Utah, you can just throw down. There you cannot oh, whoa, throw whoa, whoa. down in Ogden, no, Utah. I, I, I just said there were a number of fine establishments fine in establishments. Salt Lake City. Now, fine establishments. They've got not one, not two, but three Olive Gardens. That's what they uh, have in Ogden, Utah. I want to surpass my Minnesota Timberwolves, and I want to go with the Detroit Lions. The lack but of what success. about – I appreciate the call, Maurice, but now wait a minute. The Detroit Lions, I've got my guy from Hard Knocks, the Dan Campbell, and he's like – he's pumping us up and we're doing all kinds of things. And he's like, Metallica, you know, you, you get one leg and kick him in the butt like the, you don't want to play for him. I like Dan Campbell. I like where the Lions are going, and I see them being a playoff team this year. But they're long, long, long. They were so bad, Barry Sanders retired. One of the greatest of all time to ever strap on shoulder pads. It's like, I can't play for these dudes anymore. You know, that's how bad they were. Uh, you know, the draft bust. Uh, only, yeah, you but know. you know, but like Dan Campbell seems fun. Like, what was this thing? He said something like on Hard Knocks. He was like, it's like the Metallica song. If you stare into the abyss, the abyss stares back into you. Like, don't you want to play for that guy? I, I dig Dan Campbell. He was great. He was great television. Um, but if outside of this Dan Campbell small window that we've gotten, the Detroit Lions again. There. They forced Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson. And Calvin two Johnson. Of the be- two, two of the, of the best, best yeah. to ever play the game were like, you know what? I can't play I'm for out. these dudes anymore. Yeah. I'm 888-SAY-ESPN. Patrick is also in Georgia. Patrick, where don't you want to go? Man, it's got to be the Oakland A's, man. They, you play oh, in front of tens of people. That's a good and, one. And uh, your best bet is to play well enough to get them to trade you to the Braves. Have you turned on an Oakland A's game this year? Appreciate the call, Patrick. Have you, Chad? I mean, there are literally fourteen people at the game, and the ballpark is falling apart. They've got like badgers in the seats. They've got like you know uh, what do you call them? Rats running around the press box. It's the worst facility in sports. I think that's a good call, the Oakland A's. Now, they are buying property in Las Vegas. Yeah, but now they're starting to say that might not have happened. It was supposed to be at the Circus Circus, but they still want to keep the Circus Circus, you know, up, which I don't know why. I was shocked to hear the Circus Circus still even existed in Vegas. But I'm with – Oakland A's is a very good call. Now, Mark in Virginia, what about you? 888-SAY-ESPN, worst franchise you could be drafted to in sports. Hello, gentlemen. Just because of personal feelings and uh, family allegiance, the New York Yankees, I could not imagine going to New York City and just walking around the whole trash and just being what in the film. T- well, there's no trash. Like, you, you, let me ask you, you watch too much Fox News. Like, in the, New York is a great city. And the Yankees, I can't. I think that would be one of the best franchises. I'm not even a Yankees fan, but, Chad, you get to go. What fan base adores you more than the Yankees? There are tons of endorsement deals. You're playing on Sunday night baseball every week. Like, wouldn't you, what the Yankees seem great to me? Don't they? You? I would be all in for, to be a Yankee. The Yankees are kind of like the the Patriots, where there's a tremendous a lot of love around the country, but there's also you know some dedicated haters to that. But that just makes the people who love you love you even more because they know those haters are out there. But to be a part of one of the most iconic franchises yeah. 
in all in all of sports, I would love to be a Yankee. Wear the, wear Yankee the pinstripes, right? Mm-hmm. Like go it. I mean, have you been to a Yankees game before, Chad? In the Bronx, like that that area. I, I the is, subway there is. A, you take the my subway. Kids. It was awesome. It's, it's awesome. It's hard to get in and out because they take so long to search your stuff. But otherwise. I, I completely disagree. We're sitting there saying, it's this guy scared of New York City. Come on, you hear my accent. If I can go to New York City, you can as well. William in Canada, where would you not want to play? I would not want to be drafted by the Arizona Coyotes, a team that goes chronically goes nowhere. They can't keep an ownership. They can't keep anybody in either the front office or the back office. And don't they play, William, in like an arena that has like 4,000 people in it right now? Yeah, they play in the Mullet Arena. Yes, they play, Chad. I don't know know if you knew this. They play in an arena. I could be wrong, but I think it's like 4,000 people. They're playing at like the local YMCA right now, if I'm correct. Am I right about that, William? Yeah, my my team was the first one to visit them this year, and uh, they – it, it was hilarious. They did a they did a YouTube special about it, about the the facilities and how weird it was just playing in like they don't even have locker rooms. It's kind of yeah, like they a don't. Gym they, that's that exactly like, right. They, I appreciate the call. They have to Chad. They don't even have locker rooms. They have to go to a building next door and change and walk in. I've driven past there. I've got a home in Arizona. I know exactly where that place is. It is a sad example of an NHL arena. No doubt about it. I'm with you. These are good calls. 888-SAY-ESPN. I like the A's. I don't know why Chad loves Utah so much. I guess he must have <laughs> – did you meet Did you meet a girl on your trip to Provo? Is that what it is? Is that why you have such uh, I did affinity not. for, for I, I, Utah? I did not. But let's just say not everybody in, uh, in Provo and, and on those campuses follows the uh, the strict guidelines and rules to a T. Let's put it that way. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> me, there's some BYU rebels is what you're saying, man. <laughs> very much so. That's going to be a good conversation for the break. We'll do one more. Lee in South Carolina, where don't you want to go as an athlete? Well, just a different perspective. Uh, financially speaking, I wouldn't want to go anywhere in New York or nowhere in California because they're going to take 75% of my money in taxes. Good night. Lee brings up a tremendous, tremendous point. Uh, when you're making the kind of money that these guys make, if you can eliminate the state tax into things, that's yeah. a lot. So when you are doing your calculations as a free agent, uh, which I was a free agent, and me and my agent sat down and had to calculate some of these offers from these teams, that either lack of state taxes in places like Florida and Texas, that mattered quite well, a matters, bit. It was, it was a it significant piece this- of it. The state tax is like in, I think California maybe has the high state tax is like twelve percent. But you're right if you're ta- if they're taking twelve percent in in California and no percent in Texas or Florida, I can see why that might would you would that make a final difference for you? It would definitely bring me back to the negotiating table and say, hey, you know, there's a difference here between what the Seahawks can give me and what you can give me. This lack of state tax thing is important. So how do we figure this out? But I also would note that if you are in New York or California, you're going to get endorsements that are like, I mean, it is very hard unless you're in the NFL. The NFL, I don't actually think, Chad, it really matters where you play. You know what I mean? I mean, Patrick Mahomes is in Kansas City. And he has a ton of endorsements. But if you're in baseball or basketball or hockey, I actually do think the market where you play has a big impact on how much money you're able to make. 
Yeah, I, I would have to agree with that. Consider yes, the the opportunities for the major market uh, sports guys outside of football, to your point, are just more significant. And if you are in San Diego, you just it's just simply not going to be the same as if you were in Miami. Yeah. San Diego is beautiful, though. It San Diego is beautiful. a beautiful spot, but it's not going to be many uh, endorsement opportunities or sponsorship opportunities out there. Yeah. Well, Aaron Rodgers was recently today, actually, on the Michael K. Show in New York, and he was asked. He is transitioning from the smallest market to the biggest market, and he was asked what that will be like. I, would, I wouldn't say trepidation, no. I would say I would say excitement. Obviously, you heard a lot about it and know kind of all the, the scare stories and, and different things. I've been in the public eye, you know, most of my career. I've gone through some really interesting, you know, situations, both as a young young player and in the transition when, you know, my predecessor came to the Jets you know, 15 years ago and then also, you know, stuff more recently. So, you know, I've, I've dealt with the media. I know this is a different beast, but I'm excited about getting to know these people. And, you know, I enjoy, I enjoy media that really cares about their fan base or their the players mm-hmm. that they cover and the organization and, and also obviously has you know the readers that they enjoy writing for so I, I look forward to all things that come with being the quarterback and of the New York Jets and I'm, I'm excited about it it's gonna be fun I like how he won't call Brett Favre by name. He says, my predecessor, Chad. Like, I, my predecessor. The amount of contempt those two dudes have for each other, I must say, really amuses me. Because they both seem like kind of terrible dudes in a different way. They deserve each other. They deserve <laughs> They really each other do, don't and, they? And the bad treatment they bring each other. Yes, they do. But that will be a huge change. I mean, I do think one of the things that happens when you play for Green Bay is that is a media and a fan base that embraces their people and that sort of – I don't want to say they're easy on them, but it's not the same in New York. There will be a level of criticism he will take from local media that I don't think you get when you play in a smaller market like Green Bay. Now, is that still a thing out there in it New York? Because once upon a time, there were four or five major newspapers in every city, and every one of those newspapers had some columnist who would make it, you know, his life's work to cut yeah. you down and make you, you know, make you look bad to all the local fans. Now, with the demise of local papers, is it still as toxic in New York as we think of in, in, in the media perspective? I think that's a, well, that's a fair point. It is different now than it was when there were newspapers. I mean, there are a couple newspapers, but they're not as widely read. But I still think you will get asked a level of question. It's sort of like in college athletics. Go listen to a Nick Saban press conference when he's in Alabama. They might as well be saying, yes, Mr. Saban, sir. How are you, sir? Does your Coke taste well, sir? I mean, like that's – they don't – they treat him with respect that you wouldn't necessarily get when you're playing in New York City. Well, nevertheless, I still wouldn't want to go to Utah – Chad wants to spend all of his time in Utah. <laughs> it's but Salt Lake top, City is beautiful. It's one of the top players to of. in the NFL draft. He won't have to go to Utah, but he might have to go to Detroit. We will bring on one of the top players to be selected tomorrow in the draft. That's next here on Candy and Carlin. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, 
your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Okay, football fan, let's get back to some football. This is the Dash for the Draft with Canty and Carlin. Yes, it is time to dash for the draft. It's Kenny and Carl on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. He's Chad Brown, the University of Utah's foremost fan. I'm Matt Jones, the president of the Will (laughs) Levis Fan Club. But we are joined on the phone now by a guy whose name you're going to hear tomorrow night. He's Jordan Addison. He's the USC wide receiver, former USC wide receiver, and soon-to-be NFL draft pick. Now, Jordan, this may surprise you. I was not picked in the NFL draft or any draft, so I never got to feel the excitement you're feeling. It's the night before the draft. You don't know what's going to happen. You could end up anywhere. Tell me what it's like. Are you nervous? Are you excited? Like, where are we the night before the big selections? The night before we anxious, excited, just just trying to see where I'm going to end up at. Jordan, how has this process been for you? There's the combine, there's the the workouts on campus, there's the the meetings with the coaches where they ask you all kind of crazy questions. What's been the craziest part of this process for you? Man, it's been a long, nonstop process. But I'll say just the whole combine experience and everything that came with it. Did they ask you something stupid? Like, did they ask you, like, what's your favorite gummy bear or anything like that? Did they ask you some <laughs> dumb question? Nah, luckily I was fortunate enough to not get any, you know, crazy questions. All mine was pretty straightforward and, and getting right to the point. All right, so I look at the draft boards, and you're one of about three or four guys that's right there to potentially be the first wide receiver taken. I would assume you think you should be the first wide receiver taken. Is that true? And if so, make the case for Jordan Addison. You assume correct. I feel like I'm, I should be the first receiver off the board. You know, I'm really versatile. I can run any route from the slot. I can run every single route from the outside. 
And then, you know, when the fourth quarter, when it's time to make a play, you, they go, you go always count on me. When the pressure on, I'm going to show up. I like it. You hear that? He sounded like Trey Young last night, Chad. When the pressure's on, you put me in. I love players who make plays in big-time moments. Jordan, you were, uh, you've were you got the great experience of playing with two really good quarterbacks in college. Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh, uh, who's now a Pittsburgh uh, Steeler, and now Caleb Williams, who people are talking about teams possibly trying to tank and get him in the draft next year. Can you talk about those two quarterbacks and your experience playing with them? Two great quarterbacks, fortunate enough to play with both. You know, they both do a good job of being a leader. They know how to control their offense and huddle. They know how to – speaking for both of them right now, they both know how to, you know, just get the team going when we need them to. All right, Jordan, it's just me and you talking. This guy I'm sitting here with, Chad Brown, he's trying to tell me that Utah – is the best school in the Pac-12. That, that's what he was trying to tell me. And I don't buy it. You went to USC. I didn't get to go to a USC, but it seems like a perfect place. Tell this dude that being at Utah is nothing compared to being at USC. It ain't. But, you know, they got their ring. They got their ring. They got their ring on us, so I can't really say too much right now. I just got to wait for the season. Yeah, well, they got the ring because they're so bored to death in Utah, Chad. They don't have anything else to do. <laughs> uh, Jordan, uh, this uh, process of, of shifting from the combine training where you're trying to be the best guy in the underwear Olympics now to trying to train what? for football. I think a lot of folks who haven't been involved in the process don't recognize that that's com- two completely different training styles that you have to go through. Uh, that shift from, hey, I'm playing football, I want to be great in my bowl game, to, oh, now I want to run the fastest 42. Oh, now I'm going to be drafted. Let me start shifting and preparing for football again. How about that rocky road of changing training processes in such a short period of time? Yeah, you know, it's been a lot of changes, but I'm a competitor, so I always try to succeed in whatever it is that I'm doing and being the best. But, you know, it's definitely feel good now that I get to just focus focus on my craft and, and my position. But now all I'm waiting on is just see where I'm going to be at, see what jersey I'm going to be in. Well, Jordan, good luck. I can't wait to see where you end up. They're going to get an explosive player who's going to make big plays. And I uh, appreciate your time. We're pulling for you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Jordan Thanks, Addison, Jordan. USC wide receiver and NFL draft prospect. Did you – I must have had something in my ears. Did you just say underwear Olympics? I did. The combine is the underwear Olympics. And those those workouts on campus – Is that, is that a phrase? Because when I think underwear Olympics, I think of about a different kind of thing. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't think – first of all, I don't think about going to Indianapolis at any point of any sort of underwear Olympics. And I, I just have never heard that phrase before. Is that a common thing? It is a common phrase within the football world because the combine process and that testing slash evaluation period is full of drills that have nothing to do with playing football. And we, as the media, we ooh and all. Ooh, Anthony Richardson threw a ball 50 yards in the air and the receiver caught it. Oh, my gosh. What's it got to do with timing when a pass rush is in your face and you've got to do this in the fourth quarter of an NFL game, these kind of underwear Olympic activities that we then use to figure out where guys are going to go in the draft, it just makes the process ridiculously uh, not connected to the actual game play. Well, that, it is interesting you say that because I – so I look and I think about a guy like Will Anderson. I, so bef- starting this process, let's say if you were to have talked to people in December, they probably would have said the two best players in the draft are Jalen Carter and Will Anderson. Now, Jalen Carter, of course, had – 
problems off the field. So that's why he's dropped. There's at least an explainable reason to me. But Will Anderson played great at Alabama, never had a bad game, was awesome, came into the draft process as maybe the number one pick, if not number two, to Bryce Young. And yet, I see people saying, okay, he might go three, might slip to five, six. That's the part I have to tell you, Chad, I don't understand. I don't understand how you saw this guy play, you know he's great, why would and you and it's not like he played at some rinky dink school. He played at Alabama. How could someone's opinion get worse about a guy like Will Anderson when there have been no games played? They look at the tape and they go, Maybe this guy is maxed out. Maybe he's at the absolute pinnacle of his possibilities here. Will Anderson was a top fifty high school player going to Alabama, been productive at Alabama, as you talked about, coached by one of the best defensive coaches in college football history in Nick Saban. So maybe he's at the absolute top of his game and there's not a higher upside to go. Things like that then become limiting factors where you go, oh, maybe he's not going to be able to take the next step in growth as an but NFL if you player. Just get, if you get Will Anders, let's say he's maxed out. I mean, I don't know that that's true, but let's just say he has. If I get what I saw at Alabama and the pros, I know I'm getting a good player. I mean, I know I'm getting a guy who can help my team. I mean, why? So I know that like Tyree Wilson, the defensive end from Texas Tech, is the guy that now is kind of competing for his position. Didn't have nearly the production maybe there's a bigger upside, but why wouldn't you want the guy? I know if I take Will Anderson, it's not a bust. Shouldn't that be what I, you would do as a general manager? I'm with you. I'm with you. If I'm a general manager, I'm taking guys from big-name schools yes. who have been steady, consistent performers, and I'll be happy to have a, a team full of sevens and eights while yes. you are rolling the dice and you're drafting guys, maybe he's a nine, maybe he's a two. We have yes. no idea. We were we were hoping for his upside to come into play. No, I would eliminate the upside conversation in my draft room. We're going to talk about production at a consistent, steady level. I can win games as a coach if I know where all my guys are going to be on every single play and I know they're all going to be sevens or eights and you're worried about in this third down critical situation, is your guy going to be a nine or is he going to be a two? You don't know. I know where my guys are. I will beat you every time. I, I would be fascinated if a GM of an NFL or an NBA team just said this. In the NBA, I'm only picking guys who went to Kentucky, Duke, or Kansas. Right? <laughs> I'm just going to pick them. You know what? They've been pretty successful. I'm just going to pick those guys. And then if I was the NFL, I'm only picking guys that went to Alabama, Georgia, or Ohio State. Like, if you did that, don't you think, Chad, you'd have success? Yeah, you might miss out on a Khalil Mack that went to Buffalo, but I feel like if I take those dudes, I know, I know they're not going to fail. Yeah, can I win with uh, Eddie George as my running back? Yeah, I, I can win with Eddie George as my running back. Can I win with Nick Bosa as my edge guy? Yeah, I can win with that. Yeah, you start plucking names from these big-name schools, uh, yeah, you're going to give a, a really good track record of success with those guys. Yeah. I also have always wondered this, and then this is not to downplay, but I often wondered if I took Mel Kuyper or Todd, if I just didn't have a scouting staff and I just took Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay's list of prospects, and when it was my turn to pick, I just picked whoever was the highest, would I do just as good as these teams that spend 35 people looking all over? I bet you you wouldn't do much worse. I bet you could do just as good. I'd be pretty close to 50-50, just like so the So why not just do that? Save some are. money. Who needs all these scouts? Hey, Kuiper, who should I pick? Bam, that's what I do. You can find out who is right. Is Stroud, Bryce Young, Levis, Richardson? 
Will Anderson? We'll find out who the first, second pick are. That's Thursday. The NFL Draft on ESPN Radio, presented by Boost Mobile. First round coverage begins at 7 Eastern on most of these ESPN radio stations and on Sirius XM Channel 80. More on the quarterbacks in the draft next here on Canty and Carlin. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Will Levis has kind of been blessed with an opportunity to throw the football better than most people are able to throw the football. And that's including guys that are coming out aspiring to play in the NFL. A lot of the times when I'm missing throws or see myself being inefficient on tape, it has a lot to do with the movement that precedes the throw. Just trying to address those things. There was some brilliance and there was some slop. It kind of mirrors his game tape from 2022. That's the talk about Will Levis, who a lot of people like my co-host Chad Brown are haters on. And then there's those of us grounded in reality like me who say, Matt Jones, that he has a chance to be a great quarterback in the NFL. His odds to go number one in the draft were 50-1 to on Monday, Chad. And then a Reddit post said that someone had talked to someone who had talked to someone that said he was going to go number one in the Panthers, and his odds went all the way down to 4-1. to they now hover at about plus 750. He's 1,400 on minus 1,400, excuse me, plus 1,400 on Caesar Sportsbook. Do you think there's any chance that Will Levis ends up going number one to the Panthers? I do not think there's any chance that he goes number one. <clears throat> if you are a believer in pro football focuses, grading systems, he was a 90 grade back in 2021. Last year, he slipped down to a 68. So did not play his best football. I think there's some holes in his game. There's certainly oozing of potential, great size, really strong arm. There's a lot to be said there, but I think it's still more of a project with Will Levis than a guy who can walk in on day one and be your franchise quarterback or starter. I think he starts when he, when he comes because he played in an NFL pro system for two years. I mean, that's one of the things that he has going for him. He played, I mean, Liam Cohen, his offensive coordinator, was the Rams offensive coordinator last year. Rich Scangarello, was he out there with you ever in uh, in Denver during his he was. time? One year with uh, Vic Fangio, he was the offensive coordinator here. Yeah, so he was the offensive coordinator last year with Will Levis. It didn't really work out well, but he was there. So he's played with two NFL offensive coordinators, so I actually think he'll be able to play. What, what about, you, I mean, Bryce Young has played for Bill Oh, no, O'Brien. I think he can too. Oh, no, okay. no, no. I, I think Bryce, listen, I think Bryce Young – if you're, this goes back to what we were talking about a minute ago when it came to who would you pick. If you want the safest pick in the draft at quarterback, you take Bryce Young because I don't think there's a scenario, Chad, where he fails. Does that make sense? Like I don't, it does. I don't see him being a bust no matter what. I don't know that he can be great, and you know this better than me. We've never seen a first-round quarterback in the NFL ever that tiny when you combine height – and, and, and wait, do you think that matters? I don't think Bryce Young's size is a detriment to him playing quarterback. I think he has all the skill sets to play the position at a high level despite his size. And let's face it, even if you're a 6'3 quarterback, you're not looking over most offensive tackles. Those guys are 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, By the time true. they put on their yeah. cleats and their helmet on, they may be standing at 6'10". Now, there's going to be some knee bend when they're in a pass set. It's not going to be playing at 6'10", but you're still not looking over those guys. Every quarterback is looking through the windows between the offensive linemen, not looking over them. So Bryce Young, I think, has mastered that skill set as a smaller guy. 
for the most part, he doesn't take a lot of hits, but his size gives me some concern about his durability and his availability. Yeah, Your that's, I think, the worry. But, but somebody who likes Bryce Young, Chad, may say, nobody's bigger than Will Levis, and he was hurt all year last year. Right? Yes, and big quarterbacks get banged up just like small quarterbacks get banged up. But we saw what happened to, to Tua this last season where he frightened the heck out of almost everybody who got a chance to watch Miami games because his inability to protect himself when he was getting hit or sacked, he was such a small guy, he literally could not keep himself out of harm's way. That's my concern for Bryce Young. As a former uh, linebacker slash edge defender in the NFL, I wanted to hit everybody as hard yes. as I possibly could. I wanted to bring the pain train. The pain train was coming. That's how I operated. But when I had a chance to hit a quarterback, I always wanted to give him a little something more. Somehow give him a little something extra. Oh, really? Can, Is that right? Okay. If I can bruise your shoulder, if I can give you a back <laughs> contusion, then yeah. I'm, that means we have a better chance to win. I'm not out yeah. there trying to maliciously hurt fair. people. I'm not aiming for your knees and trying to go for your head. Hey, but if I happen to hit you really hard and you land on your throwing shoulder, well, that's just good for us and bad for you. So it feels like to me, and, and let's see if you agree with this, most of the talk when it comes to quarterbacks has been Bryce Young because he's the top-rated prospect, and then Will Levis because he might be the most gifted uh, potential. But the guy that gets forgotten to me is C.J. Stroud. And there was a report this week that the test they give of sort of ability to cognitively – you know, I, I don't even know what they're what they're measuring there. But that C.J. Stroud, uh, Bryce Young scored amazingly high. So did Will Levis. C.J. Stroud was very low, like a 13 out of 100. Does that matter to you, or do you think that's just a bunch of nothing? Not everybody's the best uh, test taker, and C.J. Stroud addressed this results being released. And I, I did my test on the field. That's the test you should look at and not this other test. Now, this test is supposed to be able to evaluate your processing ability because in my mind, the quarterback position is less, less about pure athleticism or even arm strength and more about your processing ability. Tom Brady and Peyton Manning never wowed anybody with their athleticism, but with their processing ability at the line of scrimmage, that was critical for them. So for C.J. Stroud, who seemed to be able to check all the boxes, great size, good arm strength, no real deficits in this game, whether it's, you know, progressions or, uh, um, you know, arm, uh, arm talent or anything like that, because he was kind of the perfect candidate, I think they had to find some flaw, and that flaw is coming out with these test results. But for me, if I look at Ohio State film, he played well enough and seemed to go through his progressions and process good enough where I'd be willing to push those test results to the side. Okay. I think that's an interesting question. The amount of processing and decision-making you have to make rises exponentially in the pros. You would agree with that? So I do think that's a – you know, and I do think that makes those – Important, whether or not it's important enough not to take the guy, I guess we'll find out. The Kings and the Warriors will play tonight a massive game in one of the most entertaining first-round series we've seen in the NBA. Who will win, and why will it be the Kings? That's next here on Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.